following program is paid for by the Cadillac Foundation. It's time for Cadillac On Call on News Radio 610 KONA. It's your chance to learn valuable health information right here in our community. Now, the host of Cadillac On Call, here's Jim Hall. Good evening, friends. Welcome to Cadillac On Call, presented by the Foundations at Cadillac. Each week, we are here to bring you important information about health and medical information. The program made possible through funding by the Cadillac and Tri-Cities Cancer Center Foundations. Both nonprofit philanthropy organizations raise money in our community in support of vital health services at Cadillac Regional Medical Center and Associated Cadillac Services. Tonight, our focus is on some of the incredible work being done throughout our community in support of cancer patients in the region. The Tri-Cities Cancer Center Foundation has served the community since 1994, and next year will celebrate its 30th anniversary. The clinical services at the Cancer Center have now integrated into overall oncology care offered at Cadillac Regional Medical Center, providing enhanced coordination and collaboration among the care providers in our community. And today, we're going to highlight some of the supportive work being done by volunteers and community organizations wanting to support cancer care in the Tri-Cities. And our first guest today is Wendy Krause. She's the Community Programs Manager with the Catholic Tri-Cities Cancer Center, which includes a wide array of outreach activities like cancer screenings. And Wendy, thanks for taking the time to be with us tonight. And I guess we should begin. The weather today is warm. We hit 90 degrees. And I understand uh, the month of May is focusing on skin cancer awareness, and and I know that's one of the screenings that the Cancer Center has undertaken recently. Talk a little bit about maybe, first of all, that commitment and the reason for the importance of these screenings and why it's so vital that we have them in our community. Oh, indeed. This is a great time to talk about this, Jim, with the sun coming out, specifically May being Skin Cancer Awareness Month, Um, and I just appreciate the time to, to talk with the community about that tonight. Uh, skin cancer awareness is something that, you know, we generally focus on at the beginning of the season because it's so important to be screened. Um, the screening programs that we're able to offer the community through the support of our foundation um, are vital because early detection is so important. It's key to survival with any cancer diagnosis. And the earlier anything is detected cancer-wise, uh, the quality of life for the person um, that's going through that is significantly better um, as they move through treatment and recovery. And so I know these are offered throughout the year, but I think uh, aren't they at least re- relative to skin cancer uh, also in, in the fall as well? But why why now? Just obviously, I'm guessing it's just because the weather's getting warmer, people are outside, and, and probably skin cancer is one of the most important screenings that needs to be done. You're absolutely right, Jim. And and as people are getting out and they're exposing themselves to the sun more frequently in the summer months, um, it's a time that we want to take the opportunity to not only be screening people's skin for uh, anything that they should be alerted to or be seen for by a provider, but we also want to be able to educate on how important it is to protect your skin from the sun exposure from the UV rays. Um, and the reason for that is, you know, simply having, you know, three sunburns um, say, in, in the course of a year when you're, say, 16 years old, that, that's going to carry over to significant sun damage um, as that builds over time. You know, when you're 35 years old, you know, that's when we start to see people um, you know, having some issues with their skin, um, possibly having skin cancer diagnosis um, issues. And, and so we just want to educate people this time of year, hey, before you get out in that sun, let's look at your skin, let's see how you're doing, uh, make sure you don't have any issues, and also let's wear your sunscreen. 
If you would, maybe back this out a little a more a global view on, on the importance of screening. Maybe share with our listeners some of the other screenings that happen throughout the year and, and how you go about or the team goes about determining which ones to offer. Oh, great question. You know, we, we focus on the most predominantly diagnosed cancers. And, and one very good example is breast cancer. Um, you know, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, um, but we do try to have numerous screenings throughout the year as we're able to because there is such a large uh, population that needs to be screened, obviously. Um, for that, we want to be able to get all the patients in that we can to be screened. Um, so, so with breast cancer, we have opportunities available in the fall, but um, we also just had a, a wonderful community event in February um, where we screened 47 women uh, for breast cancer, and you know, all these women uh, were, were uninsured and otherwise would not have been screened. Um, it's just very important for, for us to be doing that and all of us uh, to be getting screened. And, and that brings up a good point, and actually one of the questions I was wanting to, you to touch on was, was the fact that a lot of these screenings reach, and I, and I think the work that the foundation provides helps those that can't afford them get these screenings. Screenings, and it's not just the screenings; it's it's exams as well, such as mammography through the course of the year. Mm-hmm. That that's true. Um, you know, we we provide excellent care for cancer at at our local cancer center. We really do have a world class center here. Um, and I know our community can agree with that. Um, but a couple of our other core pillars of our care uh, for our community is prevention and where we talk about, you know, protecting your skin um, and things you can do to avoid cancer if you can, um, but then also early detection. Um, and so we don't want that early detection to um, be targeted only toward people that have insurance, only only to people that, um, you know, their insurance policy covers a, a you know, women's Sam, once a year, we want everyone because cancer affects everyone. So, yes, our foundation um, is a generous supporter of us being able to reach out to portions of our community that otherwise wouldn't be screened. And, and I guess that's a, that's the important that you just made is otherwise wouldn't be screened. I think the data probably suggests all across the healthcare care spectrum that that those that don't have the means, and I'm, and I'm sure it came out uh, many times over during the pandemic, when people just did not have the access or took the time or had the resource to even get the medical care that they needed. That's true. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to drop just a, a little trivia here, a little tidbit, and it's, it's just food for thought. Um, during the, during the pandemic, you know, people weren't getting out for the screenings, like you just said. And so what that turned into is over the past three years, us seeing later stages of diagnosis amongst all of the cancers, you know, all different types of cancer in the body. And so, again, what that, if you look at it, it's very, it's very black and white science. You know, if somebody's diagnosed at a later stage with most cancers, their survival rate is going to be significantly less. So, yeah, putting off the screening does not mean whether or not you have a diagnosis that that's going to go away. You know, some people say, ah, I just don't want to know. If you have a diagnosis of most cancers, anyhow, in stage one, your survival rate can be as high as 97%, depending on the cancer. So obviously the importance of that one pillar that the Cancer Center Foundation and the Cancer Center adheres to. I I would just have you one final question, if you would. Uh, We touched Mm -hmm. on the fact that 
the Cancer Center is about to celebrate its 30th year in this community. And maybe just a, a, a comment, if you would, from your view on on the role that the community plays and, and the work that you do and and, the, and 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 its ability through the foundation and donors to be able to provide these these valuable health services beyond just the day-to-day medical care. Oh, boy, that's... Uh... That is a near and dear topic to, to all of us at the Cancer Center, to myself, um, to Cadillac, and, and the community. Um, the, the heartfelt thanks that we always have to the generosity of our community. Because the, the funds, as you touched on, that come into the foundation that allow us to do this work, allow us to, um, you know, for example, educate uh, fifth grade students in our community about the importance of proper nutrition for cancer prevention or cancer avoidance. You know, those are things that we wouldn't be able to do if donors uh, didn't see a significant value in in our team and, and our efforts and therefore, you know, put trust in us to be good stewards of their dollars. And, and I feel that, um, and with our all the programs that we've been able to be successful in, I feel like we're, we're doing a really good job and only with the help of our community. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to be with us because that's the whole purpose of what we're doing tonight is providing a little extra um, exposure to the folks uh, that are helping to provide these and make people aware when these screenings occur. And I think what people out there should know, if you want to keep up to date on the services that are provided and these screenings that are available, visit the Cancer Center's website at tccancer.org. Thanks to Wendy Wendy Krause, the Community Programs Manager with the Catholic Tri-Cities Cancer Center. Back with more of our program right after this. You're listening to Cadillac On Call on 610 KONA. This program provides general information only. Any comments or information presented are strictly for educational purposes. Cadillac and 610 KONA do not endorse any of the suggestions made by the presenter or callers. Now back to Cadillac On Call. Once again, Jim Hall. Welcome back to Cadillac on Call, presented by the foundations at Cadillac. And one of those foundations is the Cadillac Tri-Cities Cancer Center Foundation. And an event that's coming up on May the 13th is something that I think if you're interested in having fun and supporting a worthy cause, it combines both. And it's an event that's happened 14 times. It'll be actually this on the 13th. It'll be the 14th annual Cancer Center Benefit Ride, Poker Run, and Hog Roast. And it's all put on by a motorcycle group called 50 Calibers. And we're happy to welcome to our program Lon Leckelt, who's with 50 Calibers. And Lon, maybe just first of all, talk a little bit about your, your group and, and why you do what you do. Um, well, it's just, just to help people in need fighting cancer and stuff, um, we just find that Pretty much everybody has got some family member uh, that is affected by cancer. Uh, my wife was a stage three breast cancer survivor. Most of, the, quite a few of the people in our group are cancer survivors or lost somebody to cancer. And we just think it's, uh, you know, a lot of people need. We know how expensive it is, and and uh, so we try to do something to help them out. So we probably, the important thing is need to tell them about this, uh, the annual benefit ride and all of the events happening. If you could, uh, tell us, if I wanted to participate, what do I need to do and what do I need to know? Well, if you wanted to participate in it, you can start out uh, that morning at Yokes. We have uh, sign-ups starting at 10 o'clock for the poker run. 
And that's the Yokes, the Yokes in Kennewick? In Olympia, yes, uh-huh. in Kennewick. And uh, from there, and you don't have to have a motorcycle. You can bring a car. Uh, we've got some a uh, couple of car clubs that are supposed to be there with some of their huh. hot rods and, and antique cars and what have you going on the run. And uh, you can bring your van and uh, just whatever you've got. We don't we don't care, you know. It doesn't have to be a bike. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we leave out of there, <clears throat> go down to uh, uh, Hermiston, the mid yeah the Midway Tavern <clears throat> is our first excuse me our first stop. We go from there along the river to the Seat House in Tushi, <laughs> and then from there back to the Tin Hat in Kennewick. And from there to the Pasco Eagles, where everything ends. And so what, what do folks do in, in, in order, in, in addition to having a nice uh, Saturday afternoon ride, what are they doing when they stop at each of these establishments? Uh, they draw um, a chip for a number. Uh, that's the, the poker run part of it and stuff. And then they have we have a high-low on it. So instead of doing cards, we do the numbers. So... High, high number and a low number wins the prize when it's all over with um, and what have you on that part of it. So when you get back to the Pasco Eagles, which is over on Sylvester Street in Pasco, that begins around 4 o'clock. What happens there? Yeah, we have silent auction. Uh, we have uh, 50-50 raffles. And, uh, huh? yeah, the 50-50 raffles, silent auction. Um we're going to try and do a uh, goldfish blowing contest <laughs> if we can get the goldfish and stuff, and then and then we have the hog roast uh, and uh, and everything. And that's an all you can eat hog roast with the sides and and everything to it. Now I understand that that this event over its thirteen previous years has resulted in more than $200,000 being donated to the Cancer Center's Foundation. What does that mean to you as a member of this group and sounds like one of the organizers? Um, that means a lot. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of money, I think. Um, and, and the thing is that we can't do it without the public, without the people that show up, because they're the ones that spend the money and and everything, and then all of our sponsors and and uh, the people that donate uh, raffle items, you know, from the stores and and everything else to to do all this. So, I mean, if we we can't take all the you know the credit for it by any means because without the people that show up there, we don't do anything. So it, it's it's the public, it's the people of the Tri Cities that make this thing work. And it's for quite a good cause, right? Yes. All of it goes to the cancer center to help people. Uh, every dime of it, we we keep nothing for expenses. One hundred percent of every dime that comes in goes to the cancer center. Well, tell me if you would, uh, what is Fifty Calibers, and tell me a little bit about the the group that you belong to. Uh, we're we're just a bunch of motorcyclists that. Uh, enjoy riding and stuff and getting together and uh, you know they they started out years back there with uh, uh, friends helping friends actually uh, where it started 
and uh, they had called somebody, uh, one of the guys for helping somebody out that was sick or, or something to raise some money, and they did that, and then we got into uh, doing specifically cancer with the benefits. And we, we do them also for, we do the cancer center one in May, and then during the year we'll do other events for an individual um, that all the, all the proceeds go, go straight to them that is, you know, fighting cancer. Meaning so it could be some particular individual case of, of someone who's in need and, and you're able to directly support them. How do you do that? Just other fundraisers like this? Well, yes, we do other fundraisers, basically exactly like what we're doing with this one. Do the same thing, the poker runs and have a silent auctions and uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, we've got raffle. We've got a raffle going on right now that we're out selling. We're actually going to be at Yokes this weekend, uh, Friday and Sunday, selling raffle tickets for a patio set and a barbecue. Uh, yeah, it's a Pit Boss barbecue. Uh, that was donated to us, and all that money that's raised from that for the proceeds goes to the cancer center with this in this event. You mentioned that so we're out and about. They can stop by at Yokes and Kennewick and see us. So you can pick up a raffle ticket on Friday or Sunday at Yokes. You can participate in the event itself. And I would just ask you one question. You know, you touched on the fact that. You personally have been touched, and I'm guessing that's probably the case for your colleagues and other members of your group. Yes, yes. There, there. Yeah, there is. I, I don't hardly run across anybody that we talk to selling raffle tickets and stuff. That when you get talking with them, that uh, they don't have either a really close friend, mostly, most likely a family member that they've lost to cancer or has battled cancer. It just seems to touch everybody. Well, you were all to be commended for this. And, and I guess we, we have about one more minute, if you would. I guess just to begin where or end where you began and just recap what people can look forward to if they'd like to participate on Saturday, May the 13th. Uh, well, the starting out, like I say, at uh, Yokes and Kennewick with the poker run, making the route on uh, the four, well, five stops total. Uh, Kickstand up at noon, head out. We get back uh, over to the Eagles about 4 o'clock where everything starts, food starts. Uh, we cook up a couple of big hogs <laughs> and have the sides with it. Um have the 50-50 raffles and the silent auction. We usually always have a lot of pretty nice stuff that uh, goes on the auction. And uh, I just, you know, a lot of, a lot of people having fun, right. I guess, is about it. <laughs> well, that is, that's a pretty good sales job there, Law. And I, I just want to, on behalf of our foundations, thank you and the 50 Calibers group for your ongoing support. It, it really is quite astonishing to, to see the commitment that, that this group of people has done over the years. And I, I wish you great success and uh, with the 14th Annual Cancer Center Benefit Ride. Lon Leckelt, who's a member of 50 Calibers. And again, I will let Lon go, but I'll just re recap. This event is Saturday, May the 13th, and it begins at Yokes if you're inclined to bike 
or ride or drive. Uh, Yokes on 27th at Olympia in Kennewick goes from 11 to noon, and you can take off at noon and visit the areas, uh, the various establishments that Lon had mentioned during our interview. And if you can't make the poker run part, you can just show up at the Eagles beginning at 4 o'clock on Saturday, May 13th, and that is located at 2829 West Sylvester in Pasco. Our thanks to the 50 Calibers and the 14th Annual Cancer Center Benefit Ride. Back with more of our program in a minute. Listening to Cadillac on Call on 610 KONA. This program is not a substitute for direct consultation with your own health care provider. Always consult your health care provider for your specific condition, especially if you have or suspect you may have a medical problem. Now back to Cadillac on Call. Here again, Jim Hall. Welcome back to Cadillac on Call, presented by the Foundations at Cadillac, and we are sh- focusing our spotlight tonight on the work at the Tri-Cities Cancer Center, and in particular, the the work of volunteers that support the Catholic Tri-Cities Cancer Center Foundation, which next year will be celebrating its 30th anniversary of being a, a vital part of this community. And one of the key components of the Cancer Center over the years has been the, 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 the volunteers who dedicate not only their personal time, but their resources as well. And throughout this program, we wanted to share some of the important community events and community activities and and cancer-related screenings that are available for you uh, should you need them. And so we want to make sure that uh, you're fully equipped and understand that that this community is is well, well well-equipped to provide cancer care in the Tri-Cities area. And we're happy to welcome a longtime Cancer Center supporter, and that's Phil Gallagher. Phil has been a a longtime member of the Cancer Center's board, a longtime member of the Cancer Center Foundation's board, and he's also a generous uh, donor with he and his family uh, throughout the Tri-Cities. And we're happy to welcome him tonight because I wanted to to talk about Phil. We've obviously with the everybody has been impacted by cancer, but I know your involvement over many many years uh, is 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 so impressive. And maybe just a, a quick comment of your why for why you want to be so connected to to this cause. Right. Well, th- thanks for having me on, Jim. I uh, greatly appreciate it. Um, I've been on the Cancer Center board for uh, just over 10 years, um, and I was lucky to be able to serve as an officer, and I was president for almost seven of those years. And I've got to see many changes and uh, many expansions and the growth of the Cancer Center in, in terms of how it can treat more people, help more families, and do more than just be a medical-based organization. <clears throat> the why, why I do it is, uh, I got to tell you, I think I was just raised by uh, uh, my parents who were very service-oriented. My father especially um, had me volunteering when I was a kid, um, and uh, we participated in, in, in many fundraisers, fundraisers, supported United Way, supported uh, the Kiwanis, and many other service organizations, and uh, it it um, it just shows that you know if you can, you should, and if you have the ability to help people, um, it's a good thing, and uh, you should be proud of you, you can uh, you can make the time to do that. Um, it's it's been uh, it's been a pleasure to uh, to serve on these boards and to learn so much about cancer care over the years. 
Um, I've been lucky that I haven't been personally uh, affected by cancer, um, but I have family members that have, and it's um, you know it's it's really important to <clears throat> understand that the the care that's available in the Tri Cities is head and shoulders above what's available in in many communities of the same size throughout the country. Uh, it's uh, it's a real uh, a real feather in the cap of the of the Tri Cities to have this type of organization available. Uh, to serve the people that need it, and I would just have ask you a question about that. Is is one of the things that obviously navigating a healthcare experience, and especially with a cancer diagnosis, is not easy. Just a lot of stress, a lot of, of difficult challenge in that way. And and I know one of the the to me in my connection and in, in working in the healthcare field, and especially not being clinically trained, is to is to learn and share and help people understand of the services that are available in this community. And I know uh, in your professional background, um, you recently got to go on uh, a visit where you basically spent a part of a day shadowing and and seeing a key part of the cancer center's operation, and it was utilizing some funding uh, through donors to the Cancer Center's Foundation that made it happen. Maybe from your perspective, uh, a little bit, if you could, um, of what that was like for you and what you got to see. Uh, it, it was it was wonderful. It had to deal with the uh, uh, brachytherapy machine, which is a uh, <clears throat> piece of equipment that uh, delivers radiation therapy internal to a patient. It's uh, it's used to treat many types of uh, cancer, like head, neck, breast, uh, prostate, but uh, it's most often used to treat uh, cervical cancer. That is. Um, that is, that is locally affected, which means that <clears throat> it's uh, it has the you know the, the potential to spread fast, and so the brachytherapy is used to uh, to put radioactive sources inside the patient at, the per, at certain points and treat the the affected areas without damaging uh, without collateral damage to the rest of the organs. Um, and in theory, I thought, well, this is just you know it's pretty simple and pretty cool until I spent the time learning how it's done, and uh, it's, you know, brachytherapy is a great machine, but it's just a tool. Um, <clears throat> the patient is, goes through a lot to receive this treatment, uh, including uh, uh, a, a general anesthesia uh, operating room visit where they'll insert a, a series of guide tubes um, temporarily in, uh, attached to the person to the patient's body, uh, they suture it so it stays in place, and they inject these long needles into the body, uh, into this in this case around the cervix, um, and then the patient goes to have a uh, CT scan done where everything is located and and determined to be satisfactory. Then, while the patient is still under, is recovering from the anesthesia, the people at the cancer center, the, the uh, radiation specialists and the, the, the clinic workers, take that information, build a 3D model of the affected area, do a whole boatload of calculations <laughs> and algorithms to cal- figure out how much each, each catheter will, you know, accept for a dose where the dose needs to be placed, how long it needs to be in there for to get the, uh, the, the correct dose that the oncologist has prescribed. 
Uh, the oncologist is the one that does the first procedure. Then they come back to the cancer center, the patient in an ambulance, still on the same board they had the surgery on. They put them in the shielded room with the, the lead-lined room. Um, they insert the, all the, the catheters from the machine, which can be anywhere from uh, 5 up to 30 with the new machine they just bought. Um, and then the the wires with the little, little, little tiny radioactive sources go in the catheters into the needles to the exact spot around the uh, cancer where they need to be for 12 to 15 minutes, and then they're uh, pulled back out, and the reverse process happens. They they take out the, the needles and the guide, and uh, the patient, you know, is uh, is you know, free for the day. And, and this whole thing starts at 6 in the morning and is done by 2 o'clock in the afternoon. But uh, it is nothing but a flurry of activity uh, behind the scenes that has to happen to make this uh, safe and effective and to treat the cancer so that it doesn't do any damage to the, uh, you know, the rest of the, uh, the organs uh, that are co-located around the cervix. It's an, an impressive feat of teamwork and coordination uh, led by uh, the oncologist and followed up by everybody else that, that will touch that patient's life that morning. It, uh, it really is a, a well-choreographed dance that they do, and it's quite impressive. I was going to say one, one last quick question for you to answer is, if you weren't an advocate before, I'm guessing after that experience you you – that was very much affirmed of your advocacy for the work that's been done by all these caregivers in the Tri-City. Absolutely, absolutely. There, there are uh, hundreds. And we, you know, we, it became very evident during the whole COVID experience of the the medical community were were heroes, and and it and it hasn't changed. And, and these people have been doing this procedure at the cancer center since 2008. And uh, <clears throat> like you mentioned earlier, new funding has brought to uh, so they could get a new machine after the 15 years or 18 years that one's in service uh, they've got a, a new machine and uh, they'll continue to expand their their treatment capabilities uh, to help patients locally which is you know all you can really ask for and it was the initial vision of the cancer center and it's as true today as it was then well, Phil, thanks so much for your ongoing support and participation, and thanks for your advocacy tonight and being so willing to share your story. Phil Gallagher, a member of the Tri-Cities Cancer Center Foundation's Board of Trustees and a longtime advocate of cancer care in our community. Back with our remaining minutes of Cadillac on Call in just a minute. You're listening to Cadillac on Call on 610 KONA. This program provides general information only. Any comments or information presented are strictly for educational purposes. Cadillac and 610 KONA do not endorse any of the suggestions made by the presenter or callers. Now back to Cadillac on Call. Once again, Jim Hall. Welcome back to Cadillac on Call, presented by the Foundations at Cadillac. And a reminder, if you missed any part of our program, Cadillac on Call is available via podcast. Just search Cadillac on Call wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. One of the hallmarks of excellence in patient care at Cadillac and in the Tri-Cities is the work of volunteers. 
and we have highlighted in this program a few of them already. There's a cadre of dedicated community members supporting Cadillac cancer patients by giving of their time to serve others, not to mention of their financial means as well. We're happy to welcome to our program now Annalise Martinez, who coordinates volunteers at the Catholic Tri-Cities Cancer Center. And Annalise, uh, I know uh, one of the challenges that the pandemic brought uh, both at the cancer center and at the hospitals around the Tri-Cities is volunteers just weren't able to get out and and do the work um, that they normally were so happy to do. And I know that's the role you're playing. Talk a little bit about what your role is and how you want to um, provide volunteers with opportunities to serve patients. Yeah, yeah. So our goal now is really just bringing volunteers back. Um, Prior to COVID restrictions, we had over 40 volunteers serving on a weekly basis and then dozens more volunteering for special events and intermittently. Um, So we're really trying to get the volunteers back because it is an essential component to our mission at the Tri-Cities Cancer Center. And they serve our patients in a way that staff just isn't quite there for. They have their own responsibilities and roles, and our volunteers just offer support and help ease the ways of our patients. And is that really it? I think anybody that has either personally been through a cancer experience or helped someone, a family member or a friend through one, they understand that it can be quite complex as far as the the different types of processes that a patient goes through. And and is that the role of of the volunteers is to help ease the way of the patients as they navigate this process? It truly is, yeah. And a lot of our volunteers actually were patients themselves or have family members, and that's how they got connected to the Tri-Cities Cancer Center originally. So they really do understand, you know, the the struggle, the anxiety of just being in the treatment center. It can be a really difficult place to be. So just sometimes they just, you know, have a conversation or provide a friendly face or provide a warm blanket. And it really is, it makes a big difference to our patients and our staff. And I was going to say, there are not only the the individual people that volunteer and like to support and, and come out and help, but there are also uh, community agencies and, and corporations in the Tri-Cities that are very generous of their time, and their employees like to do the same. And I think mm-hmm. there's a community garden. Tell us a little bit about that, that is the, the community garden out at the Cancer Center building. Yeah, so that um, is something we have corporate partners help us with. So it is a good way for our corporate sponsors to become corporate volunteers. So for our garden um we are going to be planting that next week and we have a corporate sponsor for that and the employees they all come out and help us plant um so it's a really good opportunity for them to see you know what they're sponsoring meet patients see the work that we're doing and how it gives back to our cancer patients um and more about the garden um, we plant vegetables fruits they're really Um, focused on health and nutrition specifically for cancer fighting. And um, we have a sign out in front of our garden that gives a little education of what kind of nutrition those provide. Um, And it is not only provides the actual vegetables and fruit for the patients um, and the education, but it really can take a burden off, you know, not having to think about meals or go to the grocery store 
So it's really a cool opportunity that we can provide that for our patients. And so these, the, these, the produce that is grown and the vegetables are they're all that's all available for the patients to take as the growing season commences. Yeah, yeah. So we will harvest it weekly, whatever we have, and we put it out on tables at the Tri Cities Cancer Center. Um, and that is just free for patients to take, um, usually if they're at their appointments. And we're also going to be providing recipe cards because some of the vegetables, people don't know what to do with. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're going to provide recipe cards. And it's just about, you know, providing nutritious meals and helping the patients out. And shout out to our sponsor for that, CPC Co. They, um, they sponsor that and they actually get in there plant the plants and really help us with that. You know, in general, if you would, I know uh, volunteers are so important as we touched on and and really advancing and and, and easing the way in the cancer journey of patients. But if someone was listening to this right now and they would like to find out on how they can uh, sign up to be a volunteer, what do they need to do? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, they can call me, the volunteer coordinator, directly. Um, I'll provide that number. It is 509-737-3413. I'm happy to um, give more information about what kind of job opportunities there are for volunteers. Um, And you also can visit our website, tccancer.org, and that also lists our volunteer opportunities and contact information. Annalise Martinez, who works with the volunteers at the Tri-Cities Cancer Center and the Tri-Cities Cancer Center Foundation. Again, the Cancer Crushing Community Garden event, that's uh, getting underway uh, later. I think it's, when is that, Annalise? Is it a week from Friday? Is that correct? Yeah, so next Friday, May 12th, we'll be planting. Being planting, and then thanks to Central Plateau Cleanup Company for its corporate participation. And again, if you would like to find out about more on the volunteer opportunities, you can contact Annalise, and her phone number is 509-737-3413, or you can visit the Cancer Center's website at tccancer.org. I want to thank all of our guests tonight and all of those who are volunteering to support care not only among the cancer community but all throughout the tri-cities healthcare community it really does make a difference thanks to all of our guests and thank you for listening we'll talk again next week